I'll be taking my scripture from the book of Acts, chapter 24. For many of us, this is a familiar passage, starting at verse 24. Acts 24, 24. And after certain days, when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. Convenient season. Convictions not convenient. Uh, When I felt conviction, it wasn't really a great time for me, you know, when that came on. I don't know anyone that's really, when you look back, you think, well, I'm glad I felt conviction at that point. It is very convenient, especially if you responded. But at the time, it's just, you're kind of thinking, why now? Maybe that's what Felix was thinking. We heard this morning about reconciliation, justification, regeneration, adoption, salvation. Tonight we're going to talk about one of the major roadblocks to all of those, procrastination. Procrastination is to put off intentionally and habitually. So it can be a habit. Anything you do a few times can become a habit. It's to put off intentionally the doing of something that should be done. I won't ask anyone to raise a hand, but I believe most of us have probably been guilty of procrastination a few times in our life. Anything, most of the time it's the little things like a pile that starts to get bigger and bigger in the corner of the room that you need to take care of at some point when you get tired of it. I am a teacher. I deal with younger humans. Procrastination seems to be prevalent among younger humans. Well, older humans too, but we're trying to encourage them to be less procrastinators. And if we have met the semester this last week, so you can imagine how much procrastination I've dealt with this week, especially with computer distance learning. Normally in a classroom, I can pull a student aside, pull them in my office, give them a look, remind them face-to-face, even walking down the hall, maybe see them and say, don't forget, can't do that right now. They have their camera off. You don't even know if they're there. You say, can you stick around after the meeting's over and they leave? You send emails. You send reminders. Then this Monday, I got all sorts of emails. What can I do to improve my grade? If they could only see me. The eyes were rolling. Surprised I'm not stuck. I sent reminders every week. This assignment should be done. This assignment should be done. If you want your grade to be improved, I did that every week. 
for a solid three weeks before that week occurred. And I got many emails saying, Mr. Riley, what should I do to improve my grade? So I point them in the right direction. And uh, it was amazing how serious things got and how urgent things were this week. If only they had just been that urgent when the assignment was given. It wasn't convenient for them or me, but I'm patient. I love kids. It's a good thing. Probably wouldn't have survived this long. Felix had an opportunity a more convenient season. What was he looking for? What could be better than now? Well, maybe he, you know, he was in office. Maybe he felt like, you know, when that would pass, maybe that'd be a convenient time. Well, we read that two years later, he left office and left Paul in jail and went on his merry way. When the call of God comes, We want to respond. When the call of God comes, there's urgency in it. When God calls, it's not a a simple, just letting you know I'm here. If you think about it, have you considered? That's not how God speaks to us. When we're not saved, it's conviction. It's, it's not fun. Conviction, we're thankful for it, but we're not thankful when we're dealing with it. We're not thankful when it hits us. And yes, we would like to put it off. But when you really think about it, if you put it off, that just means it's going to happen again. I want to turn to First uh, Kings. Chapter 19. You know, even as uh, Christians, God will call. And we can procrastinate. Maybe we're a little lukewarm, I guess is the word we can use. And we're not really seeking the Lord or looking to Him for help. And maybe the Lord has something for us to do. And we're not ready. And that call comes. And we put it off. Not now, Lord. Maybe next year. I have things I need to do first. First Kings chapter 19, starting at verse 19. When God lays it on someone else's heart that you should be doing something, That person knows that God's been talking to you about it. I remember in Shehalis had been, we'd moved there and Brother Al Friesen was my pastor. And he started to say things to me that made me think that he knew something more than I thought he knew. I knew where he was going, and I was just hoping he'd 
go somewhere else with it. But he just kept to kind of just chip away at me. And I knew it was coming. He was going to ask me if I was called to preach. They know that you know. If God's caught talking to you, be ready. This is about Elisha. Elijah was a prophet, and he had just uh, done some pretty awesome stuff. But then he found himself feeling like he was the only one and wanted to die, and he's kind of feeling sorry for himself. And God lets him know, no, that's not true. In fact, we have you have a someone who's going to follow after you, and you need to go. Go find that. Find him. So we're going to start at verse 19. So it says, So he, he is Elijah, departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he with the twelve. And Elijah passed by and cast his mantle upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. And he said unto him, Go back again, for what have I done to thee? And he returned back from him, and took a yoke of oxen, and slew them, and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen, and gave unto the people, and they did eat. Then he arose, and went after Elijah, and ministered with him. Elisha was just working in a field. He wasn't in the synagogue. He wasn't on his knees praying somewhere. And there was the call, just like that. Elisha was ready. Elisha didn't think twice. He didn't want to take care of business a little bit, say goodbye to the family. But he didn't say, can you come by next week? i got to finish this field. He didn't make excuses. The time was now. Elijah put his mantle and he knew that he needed to follow. He was committed. Everything was in its place and off he went. There was urgency. I'm sure Elijah felt some urgency. And I'm sure that Elisha recognized that and answered the call. Think about other others in the Bible that have called others in, in the name of the Lord. We got John the Baptist. Repent. Repent ye, for the kingdom of God is at hand. They're not wishy-washy about it. It's very clear what we need to do. And when the Lord calls, we know what we must do. Even as someone who was not raised in, in these circles, I, I was like, uh, brother Jim over there, I was in a, I went to church. I knew Jesus died on a cross. I knew a lot of that stuff. But I didn't know you needed to be born again. When the call came, I didn't know exactly what to do, but I needed to do something. That was really clear to me. 
Several times Jesus would say, follow me. You see them over and over. And the only one that didn't went away sorrowful. Jesus told Zacchaeus, come down. Now Zacchaeus could say, no, that's all right. I'm good. He came right down. How does waiting for a better time benefit anyone? What do we know about tomorrow? Nothing. You can be an optimist all you want. You're not guaranteed that tomorrow is better than today. Does addiction get easier? If you wait, does it get easier to leave our sinful desires and appetites if we just wait a little longer? Once you're exposed to the gospel and that call has been on your life, you feel conviction. If you wait, is it going to be any easier the next time? If there is a next time? I did not practice what I'm preaching tonight. I was in a service across the street during camp meeting. Observed a lot of things. Heard testimonies. Heard preaching like I'd never heard it before. I felt conviction. And I left. For a more convenient season. A year and a half later, my life wasn't better. It was worse. A year and a half later, I was ready to ask someone to marry me. And conviction came. Do you think it was easier then? Then it would have been the year and a half before when I wasn't attached and everything, you know, wasn't great, but it was worse. It was harder. But thanks be to God, I knew better. I learned. God's calling again. I'm not going to wait. I'm not waiting any longer. I'm so thankful I did. I didn't know how to pray. But the Lord knew my heart. When the Spirit strives with man, it starts with conviction. When we retreat, there's nothing that God can do except convict you again. It's a process. We want to realize how urgent It really is. I talked about a semester. This is eternity. There's nothing more important. What are we waiting for? 
you're saved tonight, are you sanctified? What are you waiting for? It doesn't matter that we're not all together. It doesn't matter that COVID is keeping us from being together all the time or that you have to be home watching this. Now is accepted time. Elisha must have been seeking the Lord for him to be able to answer that call like he did. Are we seeking the Lord? Do we need the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Are we seeking it? If the Lord comes to you ready to give you the baptism of the Holy Ghost, are you ready for it? Now is the accepted time. What are we waiting for? I want to leave with that scripture, 2 Corinthians 6.2. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now is the time. Time is so short. Brother Bob gave a wonderful sermon Friday night to remind us, to help us realize, to help us to get a better idea, to be considering it more and more. The Lord is coming. There's no time to wait. It will never be more convenient than now. And now is an opportunity to pray. Wherever we are, whatever we need, the Lord is ready to answer. He loves us. He cares about us. He understands what we're going through. He understands the loneliness we feel when we can't be all together. Look to the Lord tonight. Share with him your grief, your concern, your loneliness. Let it Lay it all out before him and give him an opportunity to help you tonight. If you need to be saved, we pray that you would come to the Lord. Answer the call. Be committed and urgent in your prayer and the Lord will answer. The song is 482.